This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. This should be played at high volume, preferably in a residential area. Ladies and gentlemen, it is now time. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. I finished these fights. Give me a hell, yeah. Top Rope Nation. Learn to love it. It's the best thing going today. What's up, guys? This is Top Rope Nation, presented by TopRopePress.com. I'm your host, Ryan Drosty, editor-in-chief of Top Rope Press, joined here by, first off, the president of both the Cleveland chapters of the Bill O'Reilly Fan Club. Oh, no, wait a minute. Very disappointed this week. And the Jinder Mahal Fan Club, Kyle no, Ross. Think of that. No. We'll do it live! Fuck it! Do it live! I can all write it and we'll do it live! The second one? The second club is something you put on a resume. The first one's just fake news. <laughs> yeah, I read it on InfoWars. <laughs> also joining us this week. Chili and also forget who your children's teachers are? <laughs> the Earth did you read that? No, I did not see that. He said that in his deposition when he eats a certain kind of chili, Alex Jones, yeah. he forgets the names of his children's teacher. I saw the thing about marijuana that he uh, smokes it to just see how potent it is or something. Yeah, just like law enforcement. Yeah. Good 420 reference there. Yeah. Also joining us this week, Finn Balor's illegitimate half-brother himself, Justin Joint in the house. Justin, what's going on over there? Hey, uh, I, I had a creative opening, but then I, I, I had the most delicious chocolate cake, and now I, I don't remember. <laughs> Well, that is too bad. It's too bad. Um, guys, if you're tuning in this week, by the way, uh, we are streaming live on YouTube right now for Patreon supporters. You want to get access to that? Patreon.com slash Top Rope Nation. Also, when you are watching Monday Night Raw live and you got your Twitter handle open and you're watching SmackDown live. Two screen experience. Yes. Throw us a follow at TR Nation Podcast. We are live tweeting during a lot of the shows, giving our hot takes trying to amuse you as best we can give us a follow on twitter and also as always uh check us out on itunes leave a rating subscribe uh go on to itunes search top rope nation you'll find us all right guys so we got some fairly big topics on the agenda tonight but we, we got to start off with gender mahal who would ever have thought last week coming into this week that the number one topic on the show would be gender mahal and him challenging uh, for the world title down the line. And I know Kyle has some deep thoughts on this I want to go last. Can I you go last? Go, you want to go last. All right. So Jinder Mahal won the six-pack challenge on SmackDown Tuesday night. Defeated Dolph Ziggler, Sami Zayn, Luke Harper, Eric Rowan, Mojo Rawley to become the SmackDown number one contender for the WWE Championship. Now, this match 
if I'm not mistaken, this was announced for uh, is it Extreme Rules? Backlash. Or yeah. I mean, Backlash. Sorry. In yeah, your neck of the woods, too. Yeah, Chicago, right? So, mm-hmm. um, I guess the upcoming Bray Wyatt Orton match has not been confirmed as a title match. Is that the case? Uh, I wrote in my I wrote in my SmackDown review that this reeks of Hulk Hogan, Roddy Piper, Starcade '96. That right, be- go ahead. They're, they're just not since it really hasn't been promoted as a title match. It just isn't. I guess we'll find out if Bray Wyatt wins and he's not the champion. Yeah, because it's odd that they would promote this match for Backlash and, and following was, the Raw pay per view. So in my notes, it was funny, you know. Um, I'm taking notes during the show and my stream of consciousness when I read it afterwards, I was like arguing with myself, like when the match was taking place and who it was going to be and how they were booking it. It's like what hurt, caught my ear, first of all, was they said, well, it's going to be against Randy Orton. I'm like, okay, they're, I guess either just then the match with Bray is non title or they're just completely discounting Bray. Um, then they said it was at backlash. So I'm like, okay, I guess, you know, um, that we have that there. So, yeah, I guess, yeah, it's Orton's next defense. And I guess they're just going to kind of trick you into thinking the House of Horrors is a title match. And um, I could see Bray now winning with Jinder interfering. How great yeah. would it be if some weird door opened in the House of Horrors and Jinder was standing there just <laughs> down in a protein shake? Yeah. <laughs> My God, the transformation of that man over the last 12 months. That's all natural, Jinder Mahal, by the way. All natural. The uh, George Zahorian uh, <laughs> plan for fitness. No, yeah. he's on the old Ico Pro system. <laughs> Ico Pro, do the thing. <laughs> Remember when Randy Savage would just randomly yell that during Raw? I like, heard that. Look- yeah, I heard that Ico Pro was pulled because it gave everyone diarrhea. <laughs> it was not good. I have heard that they still have it on the shelves at Titan Tower. Oh, like they still God. got like a ton of it stuck. But yeah, Randy Savage in the middle of a match when a baby during a babyface comeback on like 93, 94 Raws would just start randomly yelling, Ico Pro, do the thing. <laughs> I think the uh, the beer that you're drinking, it, Kyle, right now, if you guys are watching us on YouTube, is appropriate for yes. Jinder Mahal. It's almost like I, I planned it that way. If you see it on the screen right there, yeah, it's a very, it's a 10%. It's a potent beer, Kyle. So, I mean, by the end of this show, I don't know. This thing yeah, might get interesting tonight. Hey, and look what it says at the top, too. Hold on here. Welcome to his kingdom, Jinder <laughs> Mahal. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I guess there's a lot of feelings going around Mah- on Twitter. Oh, Maharaja, by the way, if you're not watching. I yeah, Every Brewing Company out of Colorado, Maharaja beer. It's an IPA. 10%. I think it's like a double IPA. An imperial solid beer. IPA. Yeah, it's solid. Uh, so if you guys are on Twitter, there was a lot of hurt feelings going around Tuesday night over <laughs> Jinder Mahal winning. It was definitely a surprise. Uh, I got, I got, I guess I'm kind of on two sides of the coin here because on one side, How political of you. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of politics, on one side, I view this through Vince McMahon's eyes, and I think I sent out a tweet through our uh, Twitter account at TR Nation Podcast that night. You got Vince McMahon backstage thinking, you know, we know Vince is a hardcore Republican. And he can match up. Oh, that was you. That said yeah, that. <laughs> he can match up Randy Orton, a known hardcore conservative, against the uh, Indian who's actually from Canada. Yes, but uh, Jinder Mahal, you know, he's got got the Arabic look to him. It's like this is so. This has Vince's fingerprints all over it. Oh yes, 
on the other side, um, if you look at the guys who lost in the match, it's not like Randy Orton is likely to lose the title this early. And so, like, for the people who want Sami Zayn to win, do you want Sami Zayn to win and lose to Randy Orton right away? And that would be my question for you. So, I think I like the slow burn of Sami Zayn possibly turning heel. You're seeing his uh, frustration build now week after week. I think that's coming up, freshen up his character a little bit. Turn heel. That's an interesting point. Well, they could use more, like we've talked about, they could use more top heels on SmackDown, especially with AJ turning. I just, I just hadn't thought of that. That's interesting. Yeah. So, Justin, where were you at on Tuesday night in regards to this match? What do you think about Jinder Mahal? Uh, I will be rooting very hard for Jinder Mahal to defeat Randy Orton. Oh, my God. I've got to argue okay. with someone tonight. No, no, I've got to no, argue no. with someone. I, I did see on Twitter that people are uh, complaining about how – and I, I was among them that were butthurt that Jinder injured Finn Balor and then supposedly uh, Dash got injured and nobody was pissed off about that. I was upset about that because Finn had just gotten back from being injured for eight months. I wasn't mad at gender, particularly. It was just at the situation. As far as uh, match itself, I don't understand the heel-face dynamic with Orton and gender, but that is just probably because of my political beliefs. I think Randy Orton is a douchebag who just recently retweeted somebody's comment about black lies matter you oh my god i did not see that no he did it yes okay this needs to be talked about way more i don't care okay tony let's just throw out the format sheet okay (laughs) used to say i want to know about randy orton retweeting Something that involves. I'm gonna look it up right now. That's all I want to talk about for the next 40 minutes. (laughs) Justin, continue your thoughts, and I'll look it up and I'll I'll read it on there. So here it is. So you you couldn't make that up. Like 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 what Rain or uh, sorry Ryan was talking about is this is Vince's vision of what a feud is, whereas Jinder Mahal wins the number one contenderships and talks about how the WWE universe can't accept diversity. (laughs) <laughs> and so they boo him, which doesn't make any sense to me, but that's just me. Now, it makes sense from the heel face dynamic. They love Randy. You have the foreigner, uh, and the plus just the performer in general that nobody likes. So, of course, he's going to get booed. You're getting reactions, and that's all you really want from wrestling. <sighs> it was a great promo, actually. It drew tremendous heat. Yeah. No yeah, matter what absolutely. you think about gender or the content. I mean, it, it, it did draw tremendous heat. The, the diversity thing is silly in 2017 like to play like this stereotypical foreign heel i just don't think that works especially um you know kind of looking it through a critical lens the number one baby face on the brand is japanese so you know that's just like not even true it's just kind of silly um i was really going into this show hoping to just like argue with people and you guys are <laughs> shocked here were three three people defending jinder mahal so let me argue i guess against people that aren't here and are mad about it some of my buddies i had people texting me the next morning just up in arms over this with silly comments really um i absolutely will agree with people that just kind of plucking a random guy who had been an enhancement talent on Raw and putting him all of a sudden on the number one contender spot in another brand isn't 
great classic booking. But I wrote about this in my SmackDown preview, preview if anyone wrote about this. There was no real logical winner when this six-pack challenge was booked. To be honest with you, no matter who won this match, none of them had been built up strong, really with the exception of Mojo, who had won a, the Battle Royal at Mania. You know, and, and it's funny, had Sami Zayn won, would the dynamic, the dynamic would be a little different because it would be a babyface versus babyface situation, and I'll touch on that later. But Sami Zayn had been booked you know, to lose a lot recently, but people, and this is where I kind of get mad with these so-called smart marks. They would have just completely disregarded that argument had Sammy won because they like Sammy. Mm -hmm. I agree. You know, and, or, or Luke Harper for that matter. Same thing. When's the last time Luke Harper won a big match? And by the way, everyone who was like so happy when he was going solo, I told you, I wrote about it two months ago that this was going to happen. And, and I want to, that's something else I want to double back to. So, you know, to me, I actually, the way this, if you listened and, and put aside your own fantasy booking for this match, if you listen to the commentary, they actually did a great job of saying, hey, these are six guys who normally don't get this opportunity, and one of them is going to be a number one contender. The match was actually booked to be, you know, have someone like Jinder just kind of come out of obscurity and get this title shot. And you actually want that. Like, if you remember the 92 Rumble, everyone remembers it's the best one of all time. They, the announcers, and in the build for that, they even built up some of the lower echelon guys as having a chance to be the WWE champion. You know, like Gorilla, who was like the all-time great subtle barrier of people who he didn't like. Like, if you go back and watch, I think it's like Skinner comes out or something. And Gorilla's like, you know, that's the great thing about this. Even a real long shot can win the WWF title tonight. <laughs> so, like... The issue is not gender, in my opinion, if you want to complain. The issue, there's two issues. One is there's a dearth of heels on SmackDown right now. And they needed a heel for this spot. And they just lost Bray. They just lost Miz. And they don't want to beat Corbin this early. And Owens is the U.S. champion, so they're not going to beat him. And it would make no sense to do you know, have their two champions in one match. Rusev so, is still out. And Rusev still up. So they just didn't really have anyone. I mean, you know, I just read The Observer this morning. And this whole Wyatt thing seemed like it was done last minute. And, you know, if I'm the SmackDown writing team, I probably wouldn't be very happy about it. But, you know, in my opinion, SmackDown just thinks they can do something with Mahal. Yeah, I think you broke it down pretty well there. <laughs> not, not a lot of direction going in, so I have no problem with Jinder Mahal winning. And here's the real issue. If you want to complain about something in this picture, complain about Randy Orton as the champion. Yeah. That that's the issue. We said that on the podcast week after week going into Mania. So what, what a horrible decision. Being put in this spot. Okay, you you said this earlier Ryan and it was is very smart. Um, you know, I think I said the same thing in my report. Oh, you know, people, you know, I would why can't Sammy win? Well, you're just going to bitch 4 weeks later when he loses to Orton in the match. The issue here is they want Randy Orton to have an extended run with the title. So they need to feed him heels. And like I just said, there's not many heels. They don't want to do Corbin yet. I guess the plan is to do that down the line. I kind of agree with that because he just lost to Dean Ambrose at WrestleMania. So you don't want to beat him in title matches on consecutive shows. Um, and there's just nobody else. You know, losing Miz and Wyatt really, really hurt SmackDown. So they had to find a guy who it's like, all right, this guy, we're just going to build him up for a few weeks and he's going to lose to Randy Orton. And he has to be a heel. 
because they want, you know, I had a buddy like, oh, well, you know, they could have done Luke Harper and they could have turned Orton back heel. They're not fucking doing that. Pardon my French. They just turned Randy Orton babyface. They're not turning him back heel. Yeah. I mean, you can tell me till you're blue in the face, and I'll probably agree with you that Orton's better as a heel, um, although he gets cheered. So um, I just think that Randy Orton is the champ. If you want to bitch about the SmackDown title situation, you have to examine the, the, the kind of the environment that's going on. And really the issue is Orton being extended getting this extended run as champion, not Jinder Mahal as a one-off contender. Yeah. I think. Well, what a character this Randy Orton is. <laughs> I have pulled up did the tweet. find it? Justin reference. Yes. Oh, my God. He really we did. Go. We're going off the rails here, Tony. Here we go. Tony, he kicked the man in the head. There he goes. Yeah, and he, back just, elbow. he just caught him with his Sicilian elbow. Oh, right on the Yugoslavia yeah. neckbreaker. Stop he it. kicked the man in the head, Giovanni. Uh, he kicked his by the way, all right, the guy that Orton retweeted, yeah. if you're on Twitter, you've probably seen this douchebag retweeted many times. It's this African-American man wearing a cowboy hat. His name is David Clark Jr. He is the sheriff of Milwaukee County. His uh, wallpaper on Twitter is a flag with mixed with the old don't tread on me flag from the revolution, which is a sign the guy probably has no clue about history, as I often find with people who use you are historical Ryan, by the way that's right um and uh this guy's this guy's twitter is full of terrible takes by the way um but the the tweet he had was in regards to the cleveland shooting so kyle you're familiar with that because david clark had said where is the black all caps lies matter no justice no peace organized riot this is the killing of a quote unarmed black man end quote randy orton retweeted that And then right after that, he retweeted a tweet by an account called Russian Email Burglar, (laughs) who was replying to this Sheriff Clark guy. And he said, the only deaths that matter are those that are politically useful. Randy Orton also retweeted that. Randy Orton. Ladies and gentlemen, your WWE champion. (laughs) Randy Orton is a douchebag. We can all agree. I mean... Well, we should point out that, you know, um, you know, what's like so sad is like, um, you know, finding out most pro athletes, and I guess this goes for probably a large part of the locker room in WWE too, their political beliefs. You know, I had a buddy who's like, you know, I just assume all athletes are uh, Trump supporters. I actually just hung out with a former pro <laughs> athlete. New England Patriots, apparently. Yeah, I, I just hung out with like a former pro athlete mania weekend. Not to toot my own horn, and I'm going to protect the name to protect the innocent. Um, you know, had a Trump shirt on. I was like, oh, Jesus. <laughs> well, in the NBA, I don't think that's probably the uh, Yes, the NBA. And, and, you know, we can do that. I was going to say, my main man, LeBron James, he ain't no Donald Trump supporter. Yeah. All he is is the second greatest basketball player of all time, right, Ryan? That's right. Okay. I agree. Okay, good. Um, so, something else I should point out is uh, I guarantee you, if people give it a chance, Orton Mahal will be much better than that House of Horrors nonsense. I'm oh, going yeah. on the record right now. Hey, maybe maybe uh, Mahal will catch Orton with a stiff clothesline or something, and we'll all be happy. Yeah, oh, and we need, if we need a bunch of those gender Mahalbos on uh, Randy <laughs> Orton, well, this is crazy. We're so all rooting hard for Jinder Mahal gender just because Orton's such a D-bag. I feel we're a real outlier <laughs> podcast here. So people were so up in arms about it, like. 
like, oh, SmackDown's like the F show and stuff like that. They're just taking Raw's waste and make them contenders. Well, you know, I could argue that a bigger issue, and we've brought this up on the show, right? Justin, I think you mentioned this, that, you know, SmackDown's champion's a guy who was presented as getting his ass beat by Raw's champion at SummerSlam. Yep. You know, I mean, how does that not make SmackDown's title picture look bad? It, it makes it look a lot worse than Jinder Mahal getting a one-off. Well, and then, and then Charlotte got her butt whooped by Nia Jax, and, well, and Jinder Mahal got uh, wiped away by Finn Balor right before they came to SmackDown. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I mean, don't get me wrong. There is that. There's always been that stigma with SmackDown, that it's, you know, the B show. But, you know, the writers are confident that they can pull this off. And, again, the match was presented as, well, here's just six unlikely candidates for the number one contender, and one's going to get it. And I don't want to hear that people are like, well, you know, at least Sammy would have been in the title picture. Like, you wouldn't have bitched if he lost to Randy Orton. Stop that. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm only down on it because it'll probably just be a one-off. It should be Jinder Mahal winning against the... Wow, you're going you're gonna to argue for Jinder winning. I can't go that far. Yeah, well, I, that's... Okay, I would... on Randy Orton's the only person on the roster that I would want to see lose to anybody. You you throw out any name out there, I would want to see him eat the loss. Okay, so it's really funny that this... The three people on this show are all um, very much anti-Orton in this scenario. Let's say AJ Styles was still the SmackDown champion. Let me just throw out that hypothetical. And, and I think he actually should be. Uh, would people have less of a problem with this match, do you think, if it was AJ versus Mahal? Hmm... No, I, I think I think people would still be upset. Okay, even though like, okay, go ahead, Justin. Right, just because Pete, they're the, the two sides is they're either upset because they don't think gender deserves it and somebody else should have gotten the shot, or they or there's somebody like me who thinks outside of wrestling hates Randy Orton and we're mm -hmm. gender being beaten by an RKO out of nowhere. <laughs> We're going to become known as the anti-Orton podcast after this show. By the way, I wrote, <laughs> and, and I'm sticking to this, that, you know, breaking up the Wyatts when they did, I get, I guess, I, I get that they had the big mania program in store. They thought that would be a big thing. But we're all in agreement here. That thing fell flat. This Orton-Wyatt program has sucked. And they're basically rushing to blow it off. And that's another thing, too. The, the whole thing with... Orton and Wyatt taking place at Payback, I'm sure the SmackDown writing team was prepared for that to be their main event for Backlash. And that they were left in a no-win situation. They had Wyatt taken away. They had Miz taken away. What are they supposed to do? They yeah. have to find a heel. So, to me, I thought Wyatt, Orton, and Harper as a collective was a much over and better act than any of the three of them are right now individually. To me, just me. A little fantasy booking alert. I make fun of it a lot. But I would have kept them together, had the Hardys debut on SmackDown, beat them for the titles at Mania, and then moved the Wyatts over to Raw to feud with that new Evolution group that we never got as baby faces. You think that group's still coming? No, not anymore. No. Doesn't let I me mean, not, not with Owens and Joe separated. Yeah. I not, watched Bobby well, we on NXT the other week. My God, is Triple H in this guy's ear? I don't care what anyone says. You cannot convince me that Triple H is not making him like his new pet project. I mean, he is 
2002, 2003 Triple H when it comes to promos and how he walks to the ring and carries himself. And I mean that as a compliment. God, because 2003 Triple H promos were terrible. Opening Raw every week, 20 minutes. Yeah, well, okay. They were terrible, but like, you know, Rude's, the one I just watched this morning, was a lot more to the point, but the subject matter, I guess, like, you know, was very similar. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of supergroups, we got one on SmackDown. Uh, Bollywood boys helping out gender. We we got we got the Bolly Club now. Too sweet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's also ridiculous how pe- people are comparing Jinder Mahal to JBL already. Like the 2004 JBL SmackDown run. It's like Jinder Mahal won a match, which was a pretty good match, by the way. He has not had a undeserved. What was it like? 10 month run where ratings plummeted the whole time. He hasn't. And don't blame the ratings drop on gender last week because no one knew he was winning. So that's not yeah. attributable to gender. Yeah. No, that's ridiculous. Um, let's talk about the title picture on Raw because I know we want to get to this. So, oh, yes. Braun Strowman, what a specimen this guy is. Uh, what a professional wrestler. You're all on board. And by the way, a year ago, th- this makes my point about gender again, not to def- come to his re- defense again. If I would have told you guys a year ago, you know who everyone's going to love in a year from now is Braun Strowman. I've been committed. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. For sure. Actually, I got, I got a question about Marks? that. You're not <laughs> smart. Do, do people love Braun because of, um, I don't know how to put Is it just because of what he's been doing to Roman Reigns or is it more to it than that? Because generally, Smarks, I don't think, are big on the Giants. But for some reason, this giant is getting over. It, it's twofold. One, it's that he's programmed with Roman Reigns. You're right. Two, it's he's just been booked well. And yeah. this has been an issue with WWE, God, for what, 10, maybe even like 15 years. The booking, since it's been, you know, the booking's not always great in WWE. I'm not going to sit here and deny that. But when somebody's booked well, regardless if they're a face or heel, there's a per- percentage of the fan base that gets behind them. They're like, I like this guy. He's just being booked well. Yeah, I think it's and a lot of factors. It's twofold. Yeah, I think it's a lot of factors, like you said. I think he's been booked very well. Ever since the split, he's been mm-hmm. this monster on Raw. I think he's improved in the ring tremendously over the yes. last year. He's a lot more believable. Um, he is that monster that people like, you know, love to watch. He's had good matches on Raw. Um, so the match this weekend on Raw was pretty good, and they had a match a couple months ago. It was really good on Raw where the crowd was chanting for him during the match. Mm-hmm. So big show, yeah. Yeah, I think I think this raises an interesting point because what do you do in this upcoming Strowman Reigns match? Because you got Braun Strowman super hot right now on Raw. You know that they're building Roman Reigns up for this eventual match with Brock Lesnar down the line. Uh, who, if you guys are booking this, who goes over in this match? Kyle. Oh, it's got to be Strowman. Especially if he, if he's the next challenger for Lesnar, it has to be Strowman. Now, they didn't announce it to be an ambulance match or any kind of gimmick match. I still think that that's coming, especially because, like we talked about last week, the ambulance match is a way to protect Reigns in, in terms of taking the fall because he doesn't get pinned. Um, you know, if they make an ambulance match, I think it's a slam dunk that Strowman wins. But he should win regardless. Um, you know, yeah. that was a big topic of discussion on Twitter uh, right after the show Monday night. And, and, you know, if he's the challenger for Lesnar, he's got to go over. 
And so then do you think we're working rubber match between uh, Strowman and Reigns? Because you know, they would be one up because Reigns beat them in February. Are we working towards a, a Braun Lesnar SummerSlam main event? I think it's going to be the June or the July pay-per-view, whichever one they have. I think. Uh, that's not confirmed, but I, I thought that was the plan. I don't know what the SummerSlam plan is. Okay. Yeah, I, I agree. I think Braun has to go over. I think they're going to have to protect Reigns, though. And so I, I like the ambulance match gimmick, too, because it protects him. Um, but, man, if Roman Reigns goes over clean here, that, oh, that would, would be bad. That would be bad. Really bad. That would be really – again – Let's bring this up with, with who's the champion on this brand. Isn't that an – this Lesnar is the champion. Mm, doesn't do it for me. No, both choices are terrible. I, I feel that. <laughs> it comes down to it. Yeah, I, I, I don't like the respective champions on these brands. On, Sm on SmackDown, so, yeah, why wouldn't you take the title off the best wrestler in the world and put it on Randy Orton, I, the most I, vanilla wrestler in the company? AJ Styles is a championship gimmick. Like the way he carries himself, it's a championship gimmick. And to me, you know, it's funny that people, you know, they've done this toe in the water nonsense with Reigns now since kind of what the Build the Mania 31. Like, is he the guy or isn't he? It's mm -hmm. like, dude, he's the guy. Just put the freaking title on him already. Like, I, I think this long coronation build that they're trying to do here is could get uninteresting pretty quick. I think they like, badly want to make him the guy. They've backed off several times, I guess, thinking that they don't think he's ready. It, well, he got suspended last year, which was on him. But, man, that thing they did with Triple H building into Mania 32, that was dumb. They actually got him over. Remember that night in Philly? Mm -hmm. The same crowd that booed him so much at the Rumble? And then well, he thanked them like, when they went off the air. They had the video. He thanked them for like making him better, and now they're cheering him several months later or whatever. And I'm not convinced that wasn't more because uh, he was beating Sheamus, who everybody was really down on. No, no, it was just, they, but they had done it. Like, they had gotten the crowd behind Reigns, and then they did that stupid thing where he had to put the title on the line in the Rumble, and he lost because mm -hmm. they wanted him to win it back at Mania. I just thought that was silly. I just think the whole, I think they've, I get why you want Reigns to beat Lesnar on the big stage, Man, WrestleMania 34 is just, that's such a long time to wait to do that. I mean, just, you know, I hate to say it, but just do it already and do Rain Cena at WrestleMania next year. Yeah, they they got, I can't imagine extending it past like SummerSlam. Imagine yeah. Lesnar holding the title until WrestleMania 34. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing too, with a part time champion for a full year, like yeah. it didn't work the first time when he did it from what? SummerSlam to Mania? It was just it, it just didn't work really. I think a lot of the problem with Reigns, though, like we've talked about on the show, has been his booking. I think he was just people loved him when he was um, just like the guy that didn't say anything, just beat beat people up. He got mm -hmm. good reactions then. He didn't get like top level reactions, but he got good reactions. And then when they started pushing him to make him the guy, they made him do like all these comedy promos, and just was wasn't bad. it just wasn't him. I mean, if you ever watched the uh, the twenty four show on him going into, I think, Mania 31. I mean, the guy is a likable guy, but they don't let him portray his real self on TV. That was the problem. So then every time they'd back off his push, sometimes they would get back to him just being like that enforcer guy from The Shield, and that's when he got over um, heading into that, I think, Raw in Philadelphia that you were talking about. Yeah. 
and it really can't be understated. I've made this point like a dozen times on the show before. Them arbitrarily deciding to go with him when they had the built-in storyline with Daniel Bryan coming back to win the title, and that's the peak guy that people wanted, yeah. was very bad for Roman Reigns and probably still haunts him to this day. Mm-hmm. You know, had they not force-fed Reigns past Daniel Bryan on that show, I think Reigns would be okay. You know, the irony is, though, um, Bryan would have got hurt, and there would have been this, you know, this void that needed to be filled. And, I mean, you know, obviously this is booking with hindsight, but, you know, if they don't force-feed your Reigns through WrestleMania 31 and uh, Brian winds up getting hurt and they need a new top babyface and you haven't shoved Reigns down people's throat when they wanted somebody else yet, maybe you don't have this issue. Yeah. Yeah, the Brian issue, no doubt, was uh, he got a lot of backlash that, that strictly because, because of Daniel Bryan. And, and that wasn't just – that was a time where smart marks had a point. You know, we, I, I ripped him for, you know, the, the tweets on, on gender and stuff. But there was a built-in storyline for Daniel Bryan to come back and win the title. When he cut that promo, I mean, my God, if you, if you understand pro wrestling at all, how could you not want um, Daniel Bryan to come back, win the Rumble, and challenge Brock? I mean, I the story was, it was in San Francisco, and yeah. the Giants were doing the freaking yes chant during their World Series run. <laughs> I mean – you can't be handed something easier than that. Yeah. You could have, you could have invited the World Series champions. And Raw was – and I, I bring that up because that mania was in San Francisco. You could have had the world champions sitting ringside cheering on your top baby face. Yeah. I, I've, I've written about this on Top Row Press and said it before too. And uh, Daniel Bryant, like the reactions he was getting during that period, they haven't had anyone who – organically got over with the crowd to that level like unified babyface reaction since like rock and austin brian had the biggest yes, babyface reactions yes since i agree with that early 2000s yeah so for them to have blown that and yeah not like you said and the built-in storyline water the bridge the guy was going to get hurt anyway yeah but, but i mean we didn't know that at the time no 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 yeah so yeah you're right that definitely led to the uh <laughs> uphill battle for roman Reigns. Well, let me throw this to justin Do you put they're, – they're not going to do this at all. But do you entertain the notion that Braun Strowman should be beat Brock Lesnar? A thousand percent, yes. Wow, I okay. I, I, I think that should be the SummerSlam match with Braun going over. And then maybe build to another Reigns-Braun at WrestleMania. Or you could do they, – they, they have something really special. On here, so I just pull the trigger on it. Or they could even do Reigns beating Strowman before Mania, and then he could get the win over Lesnar at Mania as the champion. Yeah. Ryan, how about, yeah, how about how about this? So Braun wins the title at SummerSlam, just utterly destroys people all through the fall. It's like nobody can possibly win the title for him. Mm-hmm. So they decide, Braun, you have to defend the title against twenty nine other men in the Royal Rumble. Well, they just and did he, this gimmick, okay? And he and he loses the title to Lesnar in the Royal Rumble. That way, you could protect him losing the title. You get the belt back on Lesnar. They can do the uh, Lesnar Reigns match that they want to do. Okay. The only the only thing I see with that is they just did that gimmick with um, with Reigns two years ago. I can't see him going back to the putting the title up in, in the Rumble two times in three years, especially huh. with the two brands. 
Oh yeah, the brands complicate things for sure. Yeah. But I, I'm just trying to see a way to get the belt back on Lesnar and, and protect. Okay. Him. I, I think. I mean, does Lesnar need to be the champion in that di- in the Reigns Lesnar dynamic? No, no, he didn't need to be the champion this year either. Okay. Yeah, I agree. Okay. Yeah. That's just a lot for of the, fantasy booking alert. We're just we're just stuck in this in this uh, Brock Lesnar obsession WWE has with him constantly carrying the belt. He doesn't need it. No. And I, I think in the scenario too, if Braun wins the belt and then you know him and Lesnar fight and Lesnar gets the belt, I think people are going to want to see Braun Strowman more than Reigns getting involved too. And then Roman Reigns is left out. So mm-hmm. yeah, I'm a big analytics guy in sports. You know that, Brian. Hashtag numbers. Yeah, hashtag numbers. I, I've got to reiterate the fact that i think if like the wwe was a pro sports team and you're looking at the salaries god is brock lesnar overpaid for what he delivers <laughs> i'm just I, I cannot stop reiterating that i i think he may be he's not at the jeff jarrett shane douglas level of being overrated but man brock lesnar i think is a pretty overrated pro wrestler in the all-time annals <laughs> like given yeah. what he is paid this deal how, and what does he make he makes like six million dollars a year or something and what he delivers oh. yeah i mean he's a good wrestler the problem is he's been buried in this gimmick with the german suplex it's like we've talked about on the mm. show he's, he's a good wrestler but he's i don't know he's in a big time hole right now yeah uh, he's been a he's been back for what now five years god would you have thought that he'd be around for five years when they brought him back well, I think Brock Lesnar is uh, WWE's New York Mets Bobby Bonilla situation, where they're continuing <laughs> to pay him. And, uh, <laughs> they they shouldn't be paying him what they're paying. Him, that's for sure. WWE's going to be paying Brock Lesnar in like twenty forty five still, in a similar vein. Um, hey, let's move on to a completely different subject here. All right, because this news story is kind of fresh. Kyle, you wrote a story about this recently on Top Pro Press. Actually, tonight. Thursday night, this was just published, um, has to do with the Broken Hardys and the Hardy Boys maybe slowly transitioning to their successful TNA slash independent gimmicks. So, uh, Mm -hmm. Kyle, give us a scoop on this. What's going on? Well, it's interesting. Before this news story broke, I had jotted down as a subject for this show um, something that Dave Meltzer had written, the old Meltz, and he had gotten some guff for that the Hardys were in danger of becoming a nostalgia act. Because if you're a fa- if you're someone who doesn't follow TNA, doesn't follow the Indies, and you see, and you're gonna be excited the Hardys come back, but really you're looking at them these first three weeks, you're like, all right, the Hardys are back. You know, it's just like, okay, they're older, but there's nothing different about them at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was surprised that there had not even been a tease yet in the direction of, you know, the broken gimmick. That is really the reason that I assume WWE was reinterested, got, you know, interested in them again. Um, There's the legal situation with Anthem, obviously, um, out there. But so there was like one, I forgot who it was. Somebody reported, it's in the report report on the site, but I can't remember who it is. But they said Vince McMahon is, was at least initially not a big fan of the broken gimmick. That is not surprising to me. When I first watched, you know, that stuff, I was like, man, okay, I get it. But I think I even said on the show, this is pretty niche. 
And Vince McMahon isn't niche. He's not going to get niche. He's not going to like niche. So that doesn't surprise me. But, man, I just think that, you know, Meltzer had a point in that, you know, if you don't go in that direction with the Hardys, they're the freaking Dudleys when they got brought back, you know? And you would never have known Bully Ray ever existed, which was too bad that we never got that. So um, there is some discussion now. The writing team is clearly in favor of the broken gimmick. There's, you know, merchandising that should work big. So, yeah, I, I don't know. Where do you guys think? I mean, we're the heart, are the Hardys kind of in danger of being a nostalgia act right now if they don't go to the broken gimmick? I mean, it was yeah. kind of a terrible promo they cut on Raw. Yeah, Justin. Yeah, they, they are certainly in danger of it. And I, I might be wrong, but I could have sworn that Booker T even called them a, a nostalgia act on Raw. Oh, Jesus, Booker T. What I, what I would do is... And God, Jesus, this is going to turn into the fantasy booking episode of. <laughs> I would redo the broken storyline. Let them be the Hardy's nostalgic. Have like uh, Bray and Bo break them and kind of uh, do it all over again it, it, with the production values of the WWE. Yeah, I think that's what. Isn't that what your report said, Kyle? They're they're kind of slowly going the to reintroduce it. Believe- yeah, that they want, they're, they're actually a plan to split the Hardys up after they drop the titles and do Bray Wyatt versus Broken Matt, yeah. which could be interesting. And Vince McMahon still sees Jeff as a single star. Um, you know, I mean, Jeff, there was a time period like 2008 where, man, uh, you know, 2008, 2009, 2010, that whole period. I mean, Jeff was right there, man. He was 1B to Cena in the company. So Vince, I'm sure, remembers that. But yeah, yeah I, I just. No, go ahead. I think they're definitely coming off now already. They haven't been back that long, a couple of weeks. I think they already are coming off as a nostalgia act, which is ironic because you can make the argument nobody has reinvented themselves better than Matt Hardy in the last couple of years. Yeah. And now he's back on the big stage. It comes off, you know, doing the nostalgia thing from 15 years ago. Yeah, it's um, just like, oh, Team Extreme is bad. Like, if you if you don't, again, if you don't follow that, you're just like, oh, it's the Hardys. Okay, and you're real fired up at first. You're like, all right, well, they're just kind of older now. Yeah, I mean, Matt even remade himself in WWE after that with the whole Mattitude stuff. Um, Love Mattitude. Yeah, so. <laughs> but you, they, they, they have to kind of do the nostalgia act to reestablish them for the casual fan who doesn't watch TNA or anything like that. Yeah, yeah but, I think that's an interesting point because I thought when they came back um, – you know, they're in front of the WrestleMania crowds. So you have the most hardcore fans there who are mm-hmm. obviously going to be aware of, of the broken stuff. And they went crazy. They were chanting delete, doing the hand motions, everything. Oh, and wall, my God, everyone was chanting delete. Yeah, but they're still doing it. Like, they're still doing it. So I think I think you make the argument that whether or not some of the uh, just uh, average WWE fans caught on quickly and went on YouTube and looked up some stuff or... It needs you know, to be discussed. It's kind of like with Ty Dillinger in the, in the 10 chant. You know, some people don't know what the hell everyone's doing. Like, what? Well, why <laughs> yeah. are people going ten for this random guy? Like, it need like to Justin's point. Yeah, they need to be interested, but you can't wait too long to do it because then it's just like, okay, why are you doing this now? Yeah. yeah. And don't get me wrong, they're still over. It was great. It was a great moment at Mania. They're over, and um, you know, they're probably gonna hold the titles a little bit longer than originally planned because the revival's on the shelf. Um, and and, and if they don't do the broken stuff, you know for the time being because you know again there was a legal situation so wwe you know you know not to give them a free pass but that has to be ironed out you know with with the debate in court over who owns the intellectual property the hardys or anthem 
Um, man, I would love to see the Hardys in Revival, even if the Hardys are just kind of doing their old Team Extreme thing, do a nice old-school Southern wrestling tag match. Lock Vince in the frickin' closet, man. Because, <laughs> I mean, he doesn't like Southern tag team wrestling, but God, like give us a Southern team tag team wrestling match, please. <laughs> Vince has never been a fan of tag wrestling, unfortunately. No, it's only promotion like it. where tag teams have never really main evented. Yeah. A random thought with talking about the, the delete chant, you know, the arm gesture to the side. Do you suppose when Randy Orton does it, it's about 45 degrees higher? <laughs> <laughs> My God. <laughs> oh, this show. That almost got me to the old Jim Rome spit on my computer, you know. <laughs> that's like the second time you've almost spit out your 10% beer tonight, Kyle. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, the other one was just uh, both times. Yeah, Black Lives Matter. That is bad, Randy Orton. Right. What does this guy think? He is a celebrity in WWE. Highly in a family matter. company. In a family company. If you're just joining this show, let me reiterate something. Randy Orton, WWE champion, retweeted, quote, Black Lives Matter. From one of the most notorious douchebags on Twitter, this general from, not general, uh, sheriff from Milwaukee. How, how much would you guys love to debate Randy Orton in politics? He's not very good on promos. Open invite to Randy Orton to come on Top Rope Nation. Bring the signs to the arenas. Challenge this man. Yeah, That's another thing, too, with the whole AJ versus Randy debate. Like, I get that Randy's a bigger guy and, you know, playing into the gender thing. That's what Vince has always looked for. But, man, what is he exactly better at when it comes to pro wrestling than AJ Styles? You know, normally I'm not, like, just going to just do it. I know that's kind of like a smart mark take, but it really does hold water. Like, AJ's a better talker than Randy Orton. Yeah, the only thing he's better at is being taller. That's literally the only thing Randy Orton is better at AJ Styles than. Yeah, I just think Orton carries himself, or pardon me, Styles carries himself better as a champion. I mean, like the way, you know, if you look at Styles' gimmick is like, hey, I made SmackDown, I'm the best. And you're like, yeah, yeah, that, that's pretty accurate. Is, is Styles a baby face now? Like, I was only kind of half watching the show because I was watching my Celtics get beat down, but I, I, I don't yeah. remember the turn. You know, they didn't really do an explicit turn. It's just kind of been subtle, and I think they're just like, all right, people like this guy, and he's feuding with Kevin Owens now. Which, face of America? Oh, my God, that is amazing. Kevin Owens is the best. <laughs> that Yeah, it's the heel version of the Cena Open Challenge, and that's going to work because, you know, it can – you can pay it off well. Um, you know, I think Meltzer threw it. Ah, you can bring in a new character. You can do a you know a masked man gimmick or something like that. Um, yeah, I mean I, I think that, that that's a good the, the Cena open challenge was like one of the great gimmicks. And, did you guys, um, did you guys see the the Twitter post of the uh, fresh shaven Kevin Owens next to James Corden and how much they look alike? Yeah. <laughs> Once you've seen it, my no, God, I didn't see that. But uh, I just the car karaoke guy, if you know who James Corden is. Yeah, yeah, they wow, they look like twins. Uh, so let's finish on this one, guys. The women's division. Uh, I think we can all agree the WWE women's division, at least on Raw, got a lot more interesting with the brand shakeup. SmackDown maybe kind of left behind a little bit. But um, this week we saw Alexa Bliss already become the number one contender for Bayley on the Raw side. And so the debate we were having before we went on the air was, is that too soon for her to supplant Sasha maybe as the top challenger to Bayley? Uh, we've been talking about on the show now for weeks 
that we were wa- we were waiting for Sasha Banks to turn heel to work a program with Bailey, but Alexa's already getting title match and possibly could be winning the title. What do you guys think about that? Do you think it's right to go with Alexa right now ahead of Sasha as the challenger, uh, Justin? I, I think it can work as a uh, building block to a Sasha heel turn as you keep Sasha just barely not getting the win, and that's going to build her up to where she's finally just going to snap and turn heel. So I, I don't think it's too soon. Okay, Kyle. I was just I was surprised more than anything because you know you really just keep waiting for this one-on-one match between the two, Bailey and Sasha, and Sasha will turn on her. Um, and, and it's no problem that it's obvious at all. You know, sometimes obvious works very well in wrestling. Um, you know, to be honest, it, it, nine times out of ten, it works better than surprises. But um, I was a little surprised. And even more surprising was the fact that Alexa won in her hometown. What did she do right <laughs> to go Usually over? they like to embarrass people in their hometowns. Yeah, I mean, that got a huge pop, her winning in Columbus. And, uh, you know, God bless her for winning. So, yeah, I mean, I kind of agree with what Justin said. I mean, they could do something where, you don't, I don't know, like, you want, if Sasha's going to turn heel, though, she's got to be the champion, right? So, I don't think Alexa can win, and then Sasha will be a heel but non-champion? I don't. Okay, but this is how you get to having two meaningful feuds. Oh. In the women's division is you have maybe Sasha cost the list, then Alexa Bliss can go on and feud with somebody else. She can carry a feud with whoever because she's fantastic, and then have have the Bailey Sasha. It doesn't need to be for the title. Let them Ooh. feud because of their history. That's always been a complaint of like women's the women's division through the years is that like it's basically just the, it's not really a division. It's just basically. You have a champion and contenders. You know, that was like the old issue with like the WCW cruiserweight division. If I could date myself a little bit, it was like, you know, the Jericho division or the or the Kidman division. It wasn't, you know, there was never multiple programs going on. Um, mm-hmm. And that's always plagued the women's division. So, yeah, I mean, there's a point there. What are they doing with this Nia Jax, by the way? Just to what? throw you for a wild card. I mean, because they, they're clearly protecting her and want to do something with her. But I don't think they have a clue yet what they want to do. Are they going to turn her baby face? I mean, that's yeah. if Sasha goes heel, that's three strong heels than that they would have in the Raw Women's Division. And Mickey James, my God, she drew no reaction on Monday. I mean, it was American Alpha like. I'm, I'm glad you noted that they protect her because I noticed that in that far away. But before we go on to that, yeah, I also wanted to say I, I like Justin's point about using this as a catalyst to turn Sasha heel. Uh, I think I. I think in wrestling you got to go with the hot hand, and I think Alexa is probably the hottest character in the women's division right now, as far as momentum, Ooh, her character. Um, but uh, yeah, I think I'd have Alexa win the title. I'd have Sasha get a shot. I'd have her get frustrated uh, being uh, unable to win the title. Eventually, just kind of snap on her friend Bailey, and then they have a feud. And like you guys, or like Justin said, doesn't have to be for the title. So I like that angle. Okay. Um, Nia Jax, I think she's just going to be kind of left out in the cold. You got such a talented division there. I mean, not that there's not a space for someone like her, but I just I don't see where she fits in right now. It's all. weird because they're running out of people for her to squash. I mean, yeah. it got kind of like it's the proverbial, you know. Frankly, they could the they could use her more on SmackDown. To be honest, I think the SmackDown Women's Division. You wrote this in your report this week, Kyle. 
Um, you got Charlotte and Naomi, and then it's for the most part. And like Natalia is really good, but she's been placed in bad booking situations for years. It's like you got Charlotte, Naomi, and then the C team. Yeah. yeah. So they don't have a lot to go. I mean, they've got Charlotte, Becky Lynch, and I. And oh, she, yeah, yeah. You know, I had read that Charlotte had said something somewhere that she was, you know, happy to work with Becky down the line. And that'll be fun. That, that you know, you had said a, a few weeks ago, I remember, Ryan, they've got to do something with, you know, it seems like Becky had lost steam. I oh, think yeah. feuding with Charlotte would certainly get her on the right trajectory again. You know, with that, I think we're all, I mean, you know, Helen Keller, as the old saying could go, could see that Charlotte's going to be the SmackDown Women's Champion pretty soon. Yeah. Um, or was she just deaf? Blind too. <laughs> she was blind and deaf. Yeah. Okay. She's also we're... a communist. Was she? I was called a communist in a bar recently. That does not surprise me. <laughs> no. Well, I I told a guy, a guy I walked in. This is on the quick story here. I walk into this bar, this local watering hole. I wanted to try it out. Um, it's kind of a dive bar. I like dive bars. I walk in and this guy is bald guy. You know, not that I have a problem with anyone that doesn't have hair, but he was bald. He's like, "Who did you vote for?" Was the first thing he says to me. <laughs> Uh, and I've been drinking a little bit. Normally, I can catch on to these things. I'm like, all right, this guy obviously likes Donald Trump. I'm just going to have some fun with it. And I, but for some reason, I didn't, I just, I don't know, I didn't do that this time. And I was like, I'm Bernie Sanders guy. And he's like, oh, you're a communist, huh? He's like, he points to my shoes and he's like, you just want everyone to have those same shoes, don't you? I'm like, that's not how that works, really. And I'm like, and by the way, most people do have these shoes. They're, you know, they're like the standard, like, Skechers shoes. I would have went into a history slash economics lecture on why communism and socialism are actually different topics. They're now one and the same. Thank you. I could have used you that night. Because <laughs> this guy was, and then he started saying, oh, libertarian. He get he got communism and libertarianism. He was he was bad. Socialism was, is a is an economic mm-hmm. uh, agenda. And communist communism is a political agenda. But yes, you know, yes. Also style. that he liked Big Bang Theory. And no offense if you like that show. But <laughs> you don't like canned laughter. Yeah, I get it. The guys are smart. That's really funny. That got old a long time ago. I mean, the chick is good to look at, but come on. (laughs) Tyler, this bald-headed guy goes, I mean, Randy's head is just shaved. That doesn't necessarily mean he's bald. (laughs) Randy Orton. You ran into Randy Orton at a dive bar. I did. (laughs) RKO out of nowhere. It'd be cool to get RKO to Navarre, actually. I'd like RKO to Navarre. (laughs) <laughs> but Charlotte, all right, so Charlotte's getting a title shot, pivoting quickly. <laughs> Charlotte's getting a title shot Thursday. Does she win? Do you just I doubt the, it's going to happen it, that quickly. Inevitable. But... I thought that match was good. The non-title match was good, and I wrote it, it in the sloppy. report. But it suffered from having no heat because everybody knew how inevitable the result was. Yeah. I don't think it's going to happen that quickly just because – yeah, I, th- I think it's it's too fast, and with Charlotte getting okay. victory already. But I, th- I think the big story in SmackDown is going to be the rejuvenation of Becky Lynch. Because like I have said, and like you pointed out, Kyle, I think she's really gotten lost in the shuffle. She's lost a ton of steam, and I think a feud with Charlotte is just what the doctor ordered. I think she will uh, rise to the top again. Wait, was that a pun, that she's Becky Lynch has lost a lot of steam? <laughs> yeah, I didn't I didn't plan on that, but actually that works. <laughs> wow, good catch. Yeah. Kyle, are you wearing pants right now? I'm getting a little scared. You're backing away from the camera. I can almost see your waist. 
I am. I am. I think he's shirt. just showing off the shirt. I'm sure. Oh, yes. Cleveland Cavs. Biggest comeback in Platte history. No biggie. Yeah. Of course, we're all Eastern Conference NBA fans on this show. So Kyle can reign supreme. Right. But I still have that Cubs victory over the Indians to hold over you. You know, it's funny. We all, we all have our team in the Eastern Conference NBA playoff picture right now. Who y'all got in the Natty, Carmella, Tamina Snuka triumvirate? Who, who's your pick there? Because, wow, is that a dog. <laughs> Definitely Natty. Natty. Definitely Natty. By default. No one else compares in that group. I'll tell you what, James Ellsworth, for as much as I hated him in his initial role, I love him in this role. And I don't give a damn what anybody says. <laughs> I think he's tremendous in this role. I also, you know who else is not bad in an enhancement role? I thought cut like their bet his best promo since being back last week. Kurt Hawkins on Monday night, <laughs> taking credit for the big show being in the main event. He's like, the big show beat me last week, and now he's in the main event. Who's next in the superstar factory? That was <laughs> the a rejuvenated call. Kurt Hawkins. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, with that being said, I don't have anything less left to talk about this week. So, you guys have any closing comments? I'm sweating. You got that bright light behind you. I think it's about 600 watts. I am sweating bad. Like, I have to take a shower. I'm ready to go to bed. I got to take a shower before. I am sweating profusely. I always shower before bed just because I can't get out of bed in the morning. I have no time to get ready if I have to shower. Sick. Awkward silence. I didn't know. I was like thinking, like, I didn't know how I wanted to out you in your professional <laughs> career. I didn't know what I wanted to say. I was like, do they know? Do they, do they tell? Oh, I could never go to work without showering. And I work from home. I, I showered the night before, Kyle. I don't like sweat a gallon in my sleeve. God, I got to shower right now. It's bad. I don't know if it's, just, <laughs> I don't know if it's the old Maharaj or what. I am just drenched. <laughs> Well, you guys, you know, next time you get in the shower and you're getting dressed, not that we want to know too much about that, but next time you're getting ready for the day, know that you too could wear the Top Rope Nation t-shirt, which I'm sporting right oh. now. Look at that nice t-shirt here on That's YouTube. That's a great t-shirt. That is a comfortable t-shirt. I got the Soft Style shirt, which I recommend upgrading that for $2.99. ProWrestlingTees.com slash Top Rope Press, like the website, with the Top Rope Nation t-shirts on there. You can pick one up and support the show. My mom's going to be buying one, everybody. So you should too. <laughs> there is your sign. You need one. Uh, Justin's mom, by the way, if she is listening, which I'm sure she is, one of our top fans. Thank you for tuning in. We appreciate it. Love you, mom. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, guys, we're going to sign off. We will be back with you uh, at the end of next week. We'll see what happens with Randy Orton and if he has any terrible retweets between it now and then. Thanks for tuning in. <laughs> Catch you guys next week. Nobody builds 5G like Verizon builds 5G because we're the engineers who built the most reliable network in America. And the more you do with 5G, the more building it right matters. The more your network matters. The more Verizon engineers going the extra mile matters. It's us pushing us. It's Verizon versus Verizon. 5G built right from America's most reliable network. Most reliable based on rankings from Rootmetrics second half 2020 U.S. report of three mobile networks. Results may vary. Award is not an endorsement. 
BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.